It's been said that most people die at age 25 and wait to be buried at age 65. So the big question is this. How are entrepreneurs like us who believe in God and read the Bible preparing for the financial danger that the bankers and brokers do not want us to know about? How do we resist a life that's less than we are promised and hold on to our dreams so that we can live in fullness every day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the secret. My name is Nate Scott, and welcome to the Life is Rich podcast. Hello, this is Nate Scott, author of Life is Rich, How to Create Lasting Wealth, and welcome to the Life is Rich podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share two things that will greatly accelerate your growth. I believe that everyone is waiting for something. Men and women are waiting for relationships, for children, for healing, for a home, for a job, or for financial breakthrough. Stories of God's children waiting for these same things are woven through the Bible. If you want to understand your own waiting in a way that preaches the gospel to yourself and to the watching world, then the Life is Rich podcast is for you. In the very first Life is Rich podcast, I shared my origin story from growing up in a small town in Georgia, serving in combat as a teenager, and then experiencing a defining moment at 19 when I said, Lord, if you allow me to make it back, I'll never waste a day of my life. I'll never waste a day of my life. And then from there, going on to West Point and graduating from West Point in 1996. Well, the very next defining moment in my life that I recall that factors into developing what is today, life is rich, is my introduction to two things. Two things that I believe will accelerate anyone's growth. Are you ready? Number one, mentorship. And number two, personal growth. You see, I believe that people need to see Christian principles modeled and demonstrated within the context of the relationships, just as the disciples did with Christ. Jesus provides us with an excellent example of how to mentor. Jesus imparted knowledge and values through his words and actions. He showed the disciples that values of the kingdom of God were different from values of the world. Now, Life is Rich, How to Create Lasting Wealth, that's a principle-centered, biblically-based leadership program focused on personal growth and entrepreneurship, specifically written to address the fact that 77 million baby boomers are retiring and facing a cash flow danger, and 66 out of 100 people age 65 earn less than $30,000 in retirement. And here's the thing. Every chapter begins with scripture, and the very first chapter is entitled Leadership is the Answer. Now let me give you my, my backstory as it relates to this whole introduction to, to personal growth and development and, and when I was first exposed to that and then how it eventually led to my understanding of true mentorship. It was the week that I graduated from West Point and you know most people are headed out to go back to their respective homes but myself and a classmate and I we went to an event. I was invited to an event by him in New York and we went in there on a Saturday morning in this room it was it was a it was a event that had lots of music you had people dressed up in suits and ties and and just a high energy environment and I mean I really really was impacted by just being exposed to this environment it was a Saturday a Saturday with professionals taking their time to do something for themselves and I didn't know what to expect 
But while I was there, I really did pay attention. I wasn't thrown off by the environment. I wasn't taken aback by what was communicated because I was a sponge. I was a student. And what I was seeing for the very first time was it was my very first exposure to the world of personal growth and development and entrepreneurship. And through that environment, what I, what I, what I was referring to was just the, the, the language that was being used, the, the, the dialogue what was there, what topics were being discussed, things about empowerment, things about hope, things about you can do it, all these different things that was all taking place in this environment as opposed to these environments that I was no, normally exposed to where people were negative and complaining and sarcastic and, and just, just really jacked up attitudes. But this here was something that was forever life-changing for me because, again, I never knew about picking up books and going to seminars and being around successful people. I never had exposure to this type of environment. I never knew that the library was truly a treasure that I could literally invest in studying the subjects that I was excited about, that I could study those things that I was interested in, the things that I felt would get me to the places that I wanted to be. And so I always tell people, and oftentimes we refer back to, to a movie, you know, it's about this, you know, it's funny, we know people will pay to go to movies and get entertained. Well, well, I, at one time I was like that, but now when I go to movies, I'm still always in the mode of learning and trying to see what to pull out that could actually be a compliment to my life. And one movie that has forever impacted me since the very first time I saw it was A Pursuit of Happiness. Because The Pursuit of Happiness reminded me of this experience that I had in 1996, the week that I graduated from West Point. It was this movie, Pursuit of Happiness, where you had Chris Gardner being played by Will Smith. And, and Chris Gardner was this, was this father. He was in a relationship with an unsupportive spouse, and, and he had a son. And he was out working day in, day out, trying to pursue this American dream because he had this this medical device that he was trying to sell because he thought it was going to be the, the very next big thing. And, you know, he, 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 he invested and he put his heart behind it. And, and in turn, he, he found himself holding on to these gadgets because it was before his time that people didn't really buy into the vision that he saw. And, and so he was going through and, and having a rough life, but he was, he was pursuing happiness. He was in pursuit of happiness. <clears throat> and so, during one of the scenes, um, as he was walking down the street, this white guy came up in a red sports car. And this red sports car was obviously the symbol of success. And when the guy got out of the car, he was in a suit and tie. So once again, it was these, these, these uh, images of success. And so he stopped the guy and he asked him two questions. He said, what do you do and how do you do it? Right there in that moment, he demonstrated two things. He was demonstrating that he had a desire to learn, i.e. personal growth and development. And he was looking at someone that appeared to have what he desired. And so right then he was looking at mentorship. And when the guy told him that he was a stockbroker, Chris Gardner said, I guess you got to go to college for that. And in that moment, once again, you saw mentorship come through because as he stated something that was truly a false belief, a limiting belief, something that if he had held on to this, it would kept him right where he's at. Instead, what happened was as he verbalized it, the guy that was in the movie that was driving a red sports car in a suit and tie that was the symbol of success interjected and said, no, you got to be good with people and you got to be good with numbers. 
And right there, my friends, I hope that you understand what I'm sharing with you, was right there in that one little scene, you had all of it. You had personal growth and you had mentorship. You had someone that had what someone else wanted and in turn, the person that wanted was willing to ask the person that had it for guidance. That's, in essence, what mentorship does for you. And right then, as the guy moved on to go into his place of employment, Chris Gardner looked over his shoulder and the screen slowed down and showed the people walking down the stairs. As you can imagine, in a bustling city, when you're coming from the building that high and you're walking down the steps, it slowed it down and they walked down the steps. He said, they all look so damn happy. Why can't I look like that? And right there, that scene right there, I know captures the feelings of so many people that are listening right now. There's so many people that feel just as Chris felt in that moment of wondering why was he missing out on success? What was the secret that he didn't know? How was he going to get his breakthrough? Because he had to work at it, he had a desire, but he just didn't know the route to take. He got a glimpse of the route when he asked someone that had what he looked like he wanted when he told him specifically what he did. You have to be good with people and good with numbers and be a stockbroker. Now, being a stockbroker wasn't the be and all and may not be the thing for you. And I don't want you to take it as if that's the way. But I want you to know that the lesson of asking those that have what you desire for direction, for guidance, is the beginning to you having everything that you want and everything that you desire and everything that God has for you. Because he uses people, he works through people to give us all that we desire. And so that's what happened when I got exposure on this one faithful day. It opened up my desire for financial freedom. And I remember back in the 10th grade of high school, I balled down financial freedom to two areas, either real estate or business. And so here I was getting exposure to personal growth and development, my first glimpse of true mentorship. And I was going off to serve in the military as an infantry officer, as a ranger, headed over to Korea. But I had this desire for financial freedom. And so I received my very first real estate book from, an, from, from, uh, from the young lady that I was involved with at this time. I went over to Korea. I received this package. It had this real estate book in it. A little note that's you know, a signed note, and I held this thing as a treasure. And during my time while in Korea, I would study it and I was reading. I was I was working all of those things that would allow me to eventually pursue that which I really desired, which was financial freedom. I wanted to pursue financial freedom because I didn't want to be stuck in the military because I didn't have an option to get out. No, instead. If I stayed in the military, I wanted to do so because of my desire to serve. I didn't want to get out because I needed to try to pursue a better quality of life. Another thing that I had as a, as a des, part of my desire, my true why internally was once again, as I shared earlier on, on the last episode, is that I feared struggling financially. I didn't want to have to wonder whether or not I could afford to do what I want to do. I didn't want to have to delay in getting those things that I really wanted. I just didn't want that life that I grew up with. And so as I continued to study and continued to serve and, and do my job 
and got to that point at some point in time where I was going to, I made a decision to leave the military. And the thing that led to that was that I was in this relationship and I knew that through serving in combat as a 19 year old when I walked the perimeter during Desert Storm and that shaped my life, I knew that I didn't want to go back into that situation where I had a family. And I knew that the heart of my business as a military service member was to fight America's wars. And I didn't have a guarantee that I wouldn't have to be called back. And so that's what led to me transitioning from the military. And so I had about a 90 day window in this time frame called terminal leave that I was leaving the military. And during this time, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because see, early on, you remember, I got exposure to personal growth and development. I got exposure to this thing about lifetime of learning. I got exposure to reading books and, and to studying. And this was just simply a natural graduation from that original real estate book to eventually reach Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so 90 days after reading that book, I was leaving the military and I had this time frame called terminal leave. And so I knew right then that I had to take massive action. It hit me right then that the thing that would allow me to get to what I wanted to get to was that I had to demonstrate faith. I had to demonstrate focus in order to achieve the freedom that I desired. And so I went into massive action. My plan was very simple, that I was going to simply look for properties and I was going to look for properties over and over and over and over again. And I was going to submit offers over and over and over and over and again because I didn't care about the no's. All I cared about was putting the offers out there to get the opportunity to get to the yes. And that's exactly what I did. And so as I looked through the papers and scanned through the newspapers, I came across one property. It was a townhouse in Arlington, Virginia. It's a, it's a property that I got a chance to go take a look at and I saw it was a gym. I thought it was a great buy and so I put an offer on that property. And then I continued to look through the paper, looking, 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 looking. And then I came across another property and it had the same phone number. And this property here was a single family home. And so I once again, I went over to see that property because it was not too far away, maybe a three miles or so from that townhouse. And I and I realized that the owner of that townhouse is the same owner of the single family home. And so I put together an offer for that. And and there was an opportunity for mentorship because this old white gentleman that I was buying these properties from, he took a liking to me and he said to me, he said, let me ask you a question, Nate. He said, he said, when's enough enough? He said, when's enough enough? And I said to him, I said, you know, sir, for me, enough for me is just being able to reach that initial goal where I literally can just enjoy life. That, I'm, that, I, that I grew up with modest and humble beginnings and so I didn't have a big target that I was aiming for. I just want to be free. I want to be able to have options. And he said, nah, nah, he says, he says, you're gonna get the bug, you're not gonna stop. He said, you're not gonna be able to stop, you're gonna keep going. And I said, okay, okay, I know I don't think I will, but okay. And so uh, we struck up a, a dialogue. We, we didn't have uh, an extensive uh, time together, but during that little bit of time with him, I got a chance to learn to get and see what was possible. And so, I continued to look through the papers, continued to look through the papers, continued to look through the papers. It wasn't as if I had an endless supply of money, but I had an endless supply of desire. I had an endless supply of faith. I had an endless desire, an endless supply of focus, and I had an endless burning desire for freedom. And then I looked through the paper, I came across another property. And this time, it was a large property. It was a, 
it was an apartment complex. It was a 40-unit apartment complex, in fact, and it was not located in the area in which I was. In fact, it was located in a place that I had no idea where it was at. I didn't know the name. I've never heard of it, but it was in Maryland. And so I, I called upon the property. I gathered some information. I did my due diligence. And I had this idea that for me, when I do investments, when I'm looking at opportunities, I like to say I like to make good money off of bad numbers. I like to underestimate. I like to be humble with my projections. I want to make sure that I don't overextend when I'm running my numbers so that I don't get bought into the idea that nothing can happen negatively. And so I ran the numbers and I saw that it made sense. And I was doing this while I was in grad school. At the time, I was working on my MBA from George Washington University. And I was doing this while hurt having my job. I was doing all this at the same time because I had this burning desire to be free. And I had faith and I had focus. And so I made the decision that if the numbers proved to be true, once I went and take a look at the property, then I would absolutely figure out how to get it. But I wasn't going to get excited about what they told me. I wasn't caring about what it looked like. The numbers had to make sense because that's what business is about. And so I was taking this massive action. I got this gym in hand. I made the drive up, looked at the property. Everything looked great. Put in the offer. Made a deal happen. And the interesting thing about that, the person that I bought this property from is the uncle of, of a famous actor, uh, Macy. Macy is the guy's name. William H. Macy. And um, made the deal happen, structured it where I put 5% down, I got 80% financing and 15% seller financing, meaning that he took back the note and I was paying him directly. And uh, so all I had to do was figure out how to get the 5%, 5% on this substantial property, 800 plus thousand, on top of those other two properties that both were over 200,000 that I was buying. So you're talking about doing over a million dollars in this 90 day window. And I basically bootstrapped it. I didn't have the money, but I had a vehicle that was paid off. I went and got a loan against it. I had credit cards. I went and maxed those out. I, I did a personal loan with someone. Everything and anything that I need to do in order to make it happen. And we got the deal done. Well, as I was doing this and I was excited, it was around that same time that my wife at the time finally was moving to the area. At the time, she was working on a Ph.D. living in a Georgia. That's the place I bought the first investment property, a four unit building. And in turn, uh, she was living in one, was renting out the other three. Uh, she received her congressional fellowship moved to DC finally and I remember in my journal writing that I was excited and finally going to be together with my wife well all things looked like it was great I was in grad school I was doing well in my MBA program I was enjoyed my transition I was now working as a senior system analyst job was secure working on this project here got the deals done ready to transition from the military all was great but then one day she walked into the house and she said that she was miserable and that she needed to find herself 
Talking about getting the air knocked out. Talking about truly experiencing heartbreak, a pain that I'd never experienced before. And what do you do? I'm sure that some of you can relate. I'm sure that some of you have experienced some things in your life that really you just 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 couldn't imagine how it would feel. But that's how it was on this particular day. But you know, it was in that moment, at this point where I was truly heartbroken, where I was truly wanting to simply stay in bed all day, that I found myself looking out over the sink as I'm washing dishes and find myself with the tears just rolling down my eyes. It was in this same season that I had my greatest breakthrough. It was in this point in time where I was really leaning on God's truly unwavering hand. This is when faith truly showed itself. This is where my discipline and my focus was the only thing that could allow me to continue to push through with these million dollar deals that was on the table because I had, again, the desire for freedom. And so in that time, there was a required separation. And at that time, I put my energies into completing this goal of securing this million dollars, this securing these properties to to have that freedom that I was pursuing. And as I was doing these deals and waiting for things to happen, I remember one day I uh, I I came across um, this vehicle, a symbol, uh, a symbol of success, something that was out of my comfort zone because I realized that I'd never done anything for myself. I was always focusing on everyone else. And so I made the decision to to buy this my first luxury vehicle, Mercedes-Benz SLK 230 convertible. And I did this as uh, as these deals were coming to a close. And I remember driving through the winding roads of Northern Virginia and I just thought about it. I'd never done anything for myself, that this was an amazing experience. And it was in this time also that I reflected on maybe some things that, that I would have done differently. It was during this time that I realized that maybe one of the things that contributed to, to the stated discomfort and, and, and maybe, the, 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 maybe my relationship would have been able to have been uh, secured if I wasn't so tight. But you see, I had this thing which I labeled later on as debt phobia. I didn't ever realize, I never felt secure in what it is that I had. I never, I never, I always held so tight because I didn't know if it was going to all be gone. But it was in that moment, as I was driving down this winding road in Northern Virginia, that I realized with my top down driving this SLK 230 Mercedes Benz that it was okay to live, to live in fullness every day. And so eventually um, the deal was done. The money was coming in. Life was great, but my heart was still broken. But I had to make a decision because there was a six month required separation for divorce. 
I didn't want that to happen and I kept reaching out and hoping that things would change. But it was in this moment that I realized that I knew how to love, that I had the capacity to truly love because in that moment I filed for divorce. And I did so not because it's what I wanted, I did so because I didn't want the person that I said that I loved, the person that I was crying over, the person that I was heartbroken over, I didn't want her to make a decision that wasn't fulfilling to her. And so that experience truly shaped me. And if it wasn't for personal growth and development, there's no telling where I would have been. Because personal growth and development is what taught me how to read the Bible as a practical manual. That's what taught me to see the word of God as a real living word, as something that was practical, something that I could study and not just study, apply. And that's how I evolved into who I am today with the understanding that life truly is rich. It's rich because I am Christ's heir. It's rich because there are promises that God says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all things thereafter shall be added unto you. And it began with me understanding personal growth and development and understanding that truly the Bible is truly the first, the original personal growth and development manual. My number one go to. And so the two things I'll tell you that will accelerate the growth of anyone personal growth and development and mentorship. It's because of that experience I'm the kind of mentor that I am. The standard for leadership that I model described by Jesus as the good shepherd. The right mentor I want you to know will guide you as a shepherd leads his ship, sheep. There are certain hard qualifications in the kingdom and I want you to make sure that you pay attention to these things. Things like tender, sincere, intimate, Loving, guiding, correcting, protecting, and feeding. Describe the type of leadership that I strive to give. I hope that in this episode that you truly hear my part, my passion, my heart for each one of you. If you've heard me speak live, you've heard me say it before. If you'll lend me your ear, I'll give you my heart. I encourage you today to go find that right mentor and commit to a lifetime of service, commit to a lifetime of personal growth and development and understand that if you do that and if you keep God first, that he promises that you can have all things thereafter. That means spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically and financially. And as his heir, all you've got to do is believe it and then go put your actions that line up with what you say your level of belief is. Again, this is Nate Scott, author of the book Life is Rich, How to Create Lasting Wealth. Please connect on Instagram. Please connect on Facebook. Please share this message. Leave your comments. Tag someone. And let's get this message out that each and every one of you truly deserve to live in fullness every day. Until next time, this is Nate Scott. Take care and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Life is Rich podcast. I'm your host, Nate Scott. Remember, if I tell you, you'll forget. 
if I teach you, you'll remember. But if I involve you, you'll learn. One way to get involved is to rate, subscribe, and leave feedback on iTunes by answering the question, what did you like best about what you heard? One of the problems faced by Christian entrepreneurs striving for success is having an alliance with like-minded people working together for a common, definite objective. Would you like to join a community of Life is Rich soldiers? If so, please rate and subscribe to the Life is Rich podcast on iTunes and text GROWTH to 904-204-0846 for the link and this month's free book. Again, please rate and subscribe to the Life is Rich podcast and text GROWTH to 904-204-0846. Again, my name is Nate Scott. Take care and be blessed.